This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Wednesday, January 25th. I'm Julia Caulfield. And I'm Gavin McGough. In today's headlines, load test for Lift 9 scheduled. Finding natural solutions in the San Miguel watershed. Behind the scenes with the Telluride Marshals Department. And a mountain weather forecast. More than a month after originally planned, the new Lift 9 is finally getting a load test. We kick it all off on the 27th. Um, and, you know, in order to do this, we got a bunch of different folks that are going to be on site from U.S. Forest Service, CDOT, and some other institutions as well, just to ensure that everything goes well. That's Patrick Latcham, Vice President of Marketing and Sales for the Telluride Ski Resort. It's a lot of... Um, you know, things that we need to pass and and make sure that the the lift is going to live up to the stress and expectations for decades to come. The load test tests a number of scenarios on the lift. We're really going to try and stress the lift a bit here. We're going to run it quickly, do some hard stops, slows, running through different speeds um, and different operating systems as well. we got the normal electric power um, and then we also have the generator there. So we're going to run it off the generator, make sure that that works. Um, we're going to do the, the load testing, which we uh, pull, we fill up some trash cans full of water and then put that on the lift and, and make sure the lift's able to handle that properly. Um, so really just running it through a bunch of things um, to ensure that the lift can handle whatever is thrown its way. The load test will begin on Friday, January 27th and conclude on January 30th. During that time, the Lift 9 terrain will be closed for any hike to access. After the load test is complete, the runs will reopen, but the lift itself won't be ready for the public. Once, you know, we do this um, load testing, we need to train all of our lifties. This is a brand new lift. You know, our lifties are familiar with Doppelmeyer, but there are certainly a lot of brand new technologies that we got to make sure our lifties are familiar with. And um, we can't train them on that until after this load test. So that's that's a big piece. When the load test is satisfied and the training is complete, Lift 9 will start spinning for the general public. Telski anticipates the opening day will be in early February, with an official date determined on January 30th. Lift 9 terrain will be closed from Friday, January 27th through Monday, January 30th. Water in the West is divided up for various human uses, from municipal water systems to agricultural needs to private companies and manufacturers. As water has become scarce and the West is getting drier and drier, there is often little water left over for rivers themselves. The San Miguel Watershed Coalition is embarking on a study to figure out how much water the San Miguel River actually needs. Adrian Berger, the coalition's director, explains. Understanding what base flows look like and what unimpacted base flows look like will really help to drive conservation by understanding like minimum water needs and how much water the river needs to have um, for a fish, for our macroinvertebrates, and for our irrigators. Studying the river and how much water the ecosystems around it absorb will help create a hydrologic model. Working on this model is one of SMWC's major projects on the horizon, and Berger says it will bear fruit long into the future. It's a two-year project, and I think the modeling results when we have them in 2024 are going to be really useful, and the idea is like to build a tool that the Watershed Coalition is going to be housing 
so that we can look at future scenarios like what are what would the impacts of like a high severity water a wildfire in this watershed look like or if we can get some funding to help a ditch company improve their efficiency how much water will they be able to save um, how will they be able to use that water so it's really like the creation of a tool and once the tool is online there are going to be many many uses for it SMWC brings together stakeholders in the vast area of mountains, mesas, and desert flatlands that drain into the San Miguel. Somewhat unique amongst western rivers, the San Miguel does not have a major dam or reservoir. Berger says this lack of a dam can make it more difficult to harness water from the river and divide it up amongst municipalities and irrigators. So I think we need to come up with sort of creative ways to meet our water use needs because we don't just have like a giant dam that we can rely on and I mean and re associated reservoir with the dam. One of those creative solutions can be found in another project SMWC is planning. Bregere says the coalition is looking at wetland restoration. He explains the history of wetlands in the West. A lot of the wetlands in the West were basically dried out by the beaver trapping industry in the 1800s. And so we removed like 90% of the beavers and they were creating all of these wetlands and wetlands really helped to control flooding too. Another benefit I didn't mention earlier. And then across the West, as we were settling and developing it, everybody said, you know, we have all this, these flooding issues and water availability issues. And so we need to create all these dams and do all of the work that was already being done naturally. Natural interventions such as reintroducing beavers or putting more wood into the river to slow the flow of water and let it absorb into the landscape will allow those wetlands to reappear, creating a healthier and more resilient landscape. And so there are a lot of really great tools to uh, restore wetlands and riparian corridors that are um, really economical and pretty simple. And so a lot of it is actually focused around around woody debris in the river. Bregere says this is known in conservation as a process-based solution, one which focuses on long-term natural processes rather than human infrastructure. The idea of process-based restoration is letting the river restore wetlands um, and wetland complexes. Often those structures uh, will naturally slow the water down in the river itself. And that creates uh, moisture soil, so it creates wetlands, um, gives um, riparian vegetation an opportunity to grow and um, have healthy soil and um, plentiful water, and it also provides a lot of habitat. The San Miguel Watershed Coalition is also planning river cleanup days and the return of its annual forum, an evening in Norwood, to discuss watershed issues. For more information on how to get involved, visit sanmiguelwatershed.org. Telluride knows its marshals department and deputies. In the 70s, they were dressing as Wild West sheriffs. Now they're chasing after bears and posting photos with puppies on social media. But what do they actually do? The community academy is just a way, um, another opportunity for us to engage the public. And it's going to be kind of talk about the different roles and responsibilities that we have at our department. That's Chief Marshal Josh Compt. The Marshal's Department is hosting an eight-week class to give a behind-the-scenes look at local law enforcement. So the first week will be more or less an orientation, an overview of what our department is, and then kind of discuss the you know, patrol and what, like, what our focus is on patrol. We'll discuss uh, investigations, de-escalation tactics, um, DUIs, code enforcement, animal control, um, 
the the records, property evidence, I mean, kind of all facets of what our department does and just try to give everybody a, a more of an understanding of what it is we do at the Marshals Department as well as an opportunity to meet more of our officers because each class is going to be presented by a different, a, di- a different deputy. He notes the goal is to get the community engaged in the work the Marshals Department does. I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, there's some I'm excited. I've, I've talked to some of the other staff members about their presentations, and I think there's some some really good ones. Um, you know, we're going to do some some hands-on scenarios where you know we're going to put you know put the the participants in what we're calling like shoot don't shoot scenarios where we'll utilize simulation rounds and they can kind of present them with something and make them make a split second decision and and we'll talk about that afterwards as well. But Compt adds, for those who take the class, they won't automatically become a deputy. They're not going to be sworn deputies afterwards, and we'll give them a certificate of completion. And um, part of it is, you know, the we'll allow them to do a ride along with an officer afterwards, and they can kind of put everything that they learned during that eight weeks into practice and kind of see how it works on a in a real life situation. Um, but no, they're not going to be sworn sworn deputies. But we are hiring. Comp says the training is all with the hope that local law enforcement and the community can work together to get things done. It absolutely has to be a partnership. I mean, the the term community policing gets thrown around a lot. Um, Here in Telluride, we really have, from the Marshall Department, we really have an opportunity to put that into practice. I mean, we have the ability to do our foot patrols, to meet our residents, to meet our businesses, our business owners, um, you know, engage with the tourists. So, and kind of come together to kind of solve our common problems. So it's, we're working together together. to to find solutions to what our our issues are facing our community. The Marshall Department's Community Academy will take place each Wednesday from February 1st through March 22nd from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. at Rebecca Hall. To sign up for the class, email Chief Compt at jcompt, C-O-M-T-E, at telluride-co.gov. The San Miguel County Sheriff's Office is warning the community of a phone scammer, calling residents and telling them there is a warrant for their arrest from the Sheriff's Office. According to the Sheriff's Office, the scammer, who goes by Brian McKenney, is demanding residents give him credit card information and money transfers. The Sheriff's Office cautions individuals to not give any personal or credit card information to the scammer, noting law enforcement will never issue a warrant over the phone or demand payment. Anyone who gets a call can report it at 970-728-1911. Bato is Nepali for a path, a way, or a road. It is also the title of a documentary playing this weekend at the Wilkinson Public Library, which chronicles a family's journey on foot over a migration path through the Himalayan Valley. That valley will soon be the site of a major highway connecting Nepal to China. Alongside the family's journey, the film chronicles the road's construction and the ways in which it will forever alter life in the region. Filmmakers Kate Stryker and Lucas Millard will be in attendance at the screening, as will Karma and Jaimu Bota, two philanthropists from the Botkola region of Nepal. The documentary will screen at the library at 2 p.m. on Sunday, January 29th. A discussion will follow. Hot chai will be served. Visit telluridelibrary.org for details. Colorado Wildlife Commissioners are soliciting public comments on the state's wolf restoration and management plan through a series of public meetings. Voters narrowly approved Proposition 114 in 2020, tasking the state with developing a plan to reintroduce and manage gray wolves in Colorado, 
no later than December 31, 2023. Travis Duncan with Colorado Parks and Wildlife says the public meetings are part of this planning process. Really, it's just an effort to make sure we hear from as many Coloradans as possible and that our commission and our staff has all the information possible from stakeholders and and folks who care about wolf restoration efforts so that we're able to make the best plan we can. The first meeting was held in Colorado Springs in mid-January, and the second meeting was held in Gunnison on Wednesday, January 25th. Three more meetings, two in person and one virtual, will be held before February 22nd, the cutoff date for public comment. Duncan says the commission will approve a final wolf restoration and management plan in early May at their meeting in Glenwood Springs. But until then, things are not yet finalized. Elements of the plan could change. We really tried to emphasize that this is the draft wolf restoration and management plan. This is not a a final product at this point. Uh, So now is the time to let your voice be heard and let us know what you think about the plan. The draft plan can be reviewed and comments submitted at engagecpw.org. Democrats at the State House are crafting a sweeping ban on assault weapons in Colorado. KOTO State House reporter Lucas Brady Woods reports it's already drawing criticism. If passed, the legislation would outlaw the sale and transfer of certain semi-automatic guns. That includes large caliber firearms and those that use high-capacity detachable magazines. But conservatives and gun rights groups say the effort goes too far and violates Coloradans' Second Amendment rights. One of the bill's sponsors, Senator Rhonda Fields, says its main goal is to prevent mass shootings. We just had two back-to-back mass shootings in California, and we see it happening over and over and over again. And I don't think that's the type of weapons that we need to have in our communities in the state of Colorado. Mass shootings often involve assault weapons, including the recent attack at Club Q in Colorado Springs. People in law enforcement and the military would be exempt from the ban. The bill has not officially been introduced, but a draft was leaked earlier this month. I'm Lucas Brady-Woods at the State Capitol. The Navajo Nation president has lifted the Navajo mask mandate. For Rocky Mountain Community Radio, KSUT and KSJD's Clark Adamitis has more. The Navajo Nation's mask mandate has been in effect for 1,007 days, one of the longest anywhere in the U.S. On January 20, President Boone Nigren lifted the mandate. Rates of COVID-19 infections are declining, and the CDC says Navajo Nation counties are at low risk. President Nigren has been in office a week. He told Native Bedasque, an interview podcast, that he wants to give people an opportunity to get back to work. We need to completely open 100% because all surrounding communities around the Navajo Nation are 100% open. And it's very difficult for normal Navajo people to go visit their local governments to get the services that they need. We're not saying no mass, it's going to be all optional. In a series of tweets, former Navajo Nation President Jonathan Nez criticized the decision. He said the new administration, quote, needs to be held accountable if we see a surge in infections and deaths, unquote. The Southern Ute Tribe lifted its mask mandate in March 2022, and the Ute Mountain Ute Tribe did so in December 2022. For KSUT and KSJD, I'm Clark Adamitis. The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for a chance of snow showers tonight with a low around zero and wind chill values as low as negative 15. Thursday calls for sun with a high near 25, but severe wind chills are expected to persist throughout the day. 
Thursday night calls for clear skies with a low around 10 degrees. Friday calls for sunny skies with a high near 35. And Friday night calls for clouds with a low near 15. This has been the news for Wednesday, January 25th. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 970-728-3206. And now, a personal commentary. Hi, lovely Koto listeners. This is Claire from Telluride Chamber Music, here to tell you about a great couple of events we've got coming up. We're collaborating with Telluride Dance Collective and Palm Arts to bring you a spectacular show called Sustenance on January 29th, 6pm at the Palm Theatre. This show is full of your favourite local dancers and musicians. It includes a huge range of music and dance styles with something for everyone to enjoy. To buy tickets, go to telluridepalm.com. Advanced tickets are $20 for adults and $13 for students. And tickets on the door are $25 for adults and $15 for students. If you can't wait until then for a chamber music fix, we also have a winter version of our happy hour series kicking off on Wednesday, January 25th. Come and enjoy a glass of wine and a free hour of wonderful music at Telluride's Arts HQ on Main Street from 5 to 6 p.m. Admission is free and the first concert will feature guitarist Donovan Daly and saxophone player Danny D'Alessandro. For more details on both of these events, visit telluridechambermusic.org. Thanks and see you there. Opinions broadcast over KOTO are those of the speakers. You are also invited to express your views after the news or on access each weekday at around 4 p.m. If you would like to comment, please contact a staff person here at KOTO. We encourage you to speak out on important public issues. 